Welcome to Deborah Byrne Psychology Services Podcast. I am Deborah Byrne, a psychologist and your host for today. In my podcasts, I talk about a wide range of topics, including relationships, parenting, education, disability, mental health, and the most important topic I consider of all, self-care. I like to keep it informative and practical so that you can become empowered. This podcast is for adults and is for informational purposes only and should never replace your regular therapy sessions. Episode 176, Helping Children to Worry Less. Around 20% of school-aged children and teens will experience anxiety. For most, these relate to school or their families. I'm not going to outline the symptoms or causes in this podcast as I've already outlined them before in a previous one. What I do want to concentrate on is giving you some strategies to help your child. I've also included some tips to help you at the start. How do we instill effective tools within our children? In simple terms, by using and modelling good tools, skills and strategies that help you to overcome your own stresses, anxieties and worries as well. Here are some pointers and tips you might find useful before you tackle anything with your child. Children and teens need tools to help them cope with their worries just as much as we do as adults. This process usually begins by them modelling what they see their parents or other significant adults do around them. If we as parents don't model effective strategies and tools to combat stress and anxiety, then we can't expect our children to have them also. The first key tool in all of this will be to therefore be a model and talk about what we use to help with stress, anxiety or worry. Not suggesting that your child become your confessional for all your worries. This would be extremely damaging. Two, don't force the conversations. We need to allow conversations to evolve naturally unless you suspect there is a specific problem. Regular daily check-ins over dinner or in the car can be very effective as a means of finding out what is going on in your child's life. Using phrases such as, when I'm worried, I do, fill in the blank. Then explain what you do to handle your worry, stress or anxiety. You don't need to go into great detail what you worry or stress about. They don't need to know that. What they need is just the strategies you use. Three, make sure to remain calm if something does come up. Children do look to see how their parent is responding to determine how they should react in situations. If a child sees the parent upset or concerned, then the child usually cries, becomes fearful, etc. They are taking their signals and cues from the parents' reactions. Four, no matter what we don't express verbally, a child will always pick up on what's going on. They may not understand or know exactly what is going on, but they will know something is. Your child will pick up on your stresses, anxieties and worries. So we do need to manage our own stress and anxiety if we want to help our child with theirs. At times, this may mean deliberately slowing down. This could be your breath, your body language and how you speak so that we can convey a sense of calm. Five, take time to think through your response and talk with your partner if you can first. Remember to work together as a team. 
any disagreement about how to handle a particular situation should never be aired in front of your child. Six, we also need to be willing to admit if the problem has become too much for us to deal with alone. Getting the right support for your child and you quickly will help resolve the issue more quickly than trying to go alone. Seven, when a child struggles with anxiety and stresses, we can feel overwhelmed. Then our guilt kicks in on top of that. There are two points I'd like to make here. If you're feeling overwhelmed, please seek support for yourself. You will learn new strategies that will help you deal with what is going on and have a supportive environment in which to voice your concerns. Eight, never, never give up. It can be very hard at times, especially when we're trying to get the right tools and strategies in place. It takes time to learn these tools and make them a part of your mental health toolbox. But repetition and consistency are key, so please keep up the work. Nine, the strategies that I will outline are very similar to what we use as adults, but we adapt them to suit our child or teen. With older children and teens, communicating with them is going to be vital. Explain why you are introducing or helping them to introduce these strategies is vital to gaining the cooperation. 10. I'd also advise that you take it one step at a time. Giving them too much at once will only set them up and you up for failure. So keep it simple and add in one tool at a time. Remember to trust your gut instinct here. You know your child well. So if you feel this could be tied into something else, such as a disability or a more serious mental health issue, then seek immediate professional help. Never wait nor be put off if you don't get the right professional support at first. Keep going back or seek another's professional's opinion if you need to. Eight strategies to reduce worry in children. These are in no particular order, so pick one. Or better still, ask your older child or teen to pick for themselves. One tool they'd like to try first. Some of the tools need adoption for younger children. One, teach your child to meditate. If you already use meditation, then go ahead and teach your child to do this. Explain how this helped you. If you don't have a particular meditation, then keep it simple. A three-minute breather based on the 7-11 technique can be very helpful. This is particularly so as the child and you can use this on the go throughout your day. You will need to set up a regular practice session. You could use it at night before bed to help them relax. The technique is very simple. All you need to do is breathe for in for a count of four and then out for six. Older children could do the 7-11 count. You continue to focus on the counting for three minutes, starting with 30 seconds and building up if needed. There are also free podcasts on my podcast, which include three minute breather, the 7-11 technique and mindfulness if you'd like to try them out. Two, get them moving. Getting them moving helps burn the adrenaline from the flight, fright, fight response to stress and anxiety. Adding some form of exercise to the daily routine will help here. I understand that children may have gotten out of the routine of normal activities because of the pandemic, but if you can get them moving in some way, it may help. Some examples might include kicking a ball around the back garden, 
yoga or martial arts exercises if they already do these or would like to try a few jumping jacks, skipping, dancing around the kitchen for a few minutes, a walk around the block with you, back garden obstacle courses, PE on the TV or on YouTube. Any or all of these gets the heart rate elevated, which is good. Let the child know why this is good for them mentally and physically. Three, schedule relaxing activities too. A lot of time we forget to schedule time to relax. We get caught up in the scheduling of more active activities. But we all need some downtime and children are no different. Children who are overscheduled can become stressed and then the activities can become all about success instead of fun. Make sure your child knows how important it is to have some relaxing activities in their life. These can include painting, a great way for them to express their worries, stress and emotions too. Could be yoga, tai chi, board games, playing with their toys, reading a book, playing a game. The list can be long, but it should be based on relaxing and having some fun. Four, get a good consistent sleep routine going. Children and teens need a good night's sleep to help them with their day. We all know how hard it is to cope if we're not sleeping well. Children can need between 12 and 9 hours of sleep depending on how old they are and how active they are. Focus on getting them relaxed for about an hour before they go to bed so that there will be no TV, computers or phone on during this time. You will have a battle with teens over the phone but if you explain to them you are more likely to get them to help themselves by turning off electronics. Remember, you have to practice what you preach here, so that's no electronics for you either. Help them to make a smooth transition into a more relaxed state. Make sure the room is warm enough and comfortable enough to help them sleep. If they need a night light, then get them one. Some teens and older children may need this too. Don't make a fuss about having one. Just allow them to use it. You can use the meditation or a relaxing playlist. A relaxing bath could start the routine off and then a change into their PJs, brush their teeth, a bedtime story or maybe reading time for older ones. The point is to have a consistent routine and a relaxing hour before bed. Remember, you need to set a bedtime for your child and stick to it even on the weekends. Five, show them how to make a worry list and reframe worries. There are multiple techniques you can teach your child to help with this. One, if they say they're scared or worry, make sure you don't reject this. Instead, acknowledge their feeling and ask them to say more about what is causing their worry or fear. Two, help them to create a worry list. Here they can write down thoughts, feelings, any situation or person that is causing them to feel worry or fear. Even the act of writing something down can help it seem less scary. You can add in a discussion about it and that helps them release it even more. You can then use it to look for patterns or triggers and you can discuss this with them. Don't tackle every situation or trigger at once. Pick one, the easiest or less scary one is the best to start with and then work on that together. Remember you're a team here, so work together. Recording things can also be helpful if you need to look for professional help. Three, explain how emotions work to them. Most emotions like worry and anxiety have a timeline. Our body will only really stay anxious for about 20 to 40 minutes after the initial trigger has occurred. 
It is our thoughts that are keeping it going after that. Four, never push them to tackle something. Talking it through will help them, but they have to face their fears in their own time. If at any stage you're concerned, then seek professional advice and help. Pushing them could make the situation and their anxiety worse and lead to longer term problems. We want to avoid doing that. Five, use phrases and statements to combat and reframe their old thinking. Have a read through their worries and fears and come up with a sentence together that they can repeat to help themselves that will combat the thought. For example, if they're afraid you won't pick them up from school, then use a phrase such as Mammy or whoever it is that's going to collect them will collect me. She always comes for me. Pick one word to emphasise in the example. The word to emphasise here would be always. Six, help them to also focus on the positives in their life. Anxiety and stress will cause us to only focus on the negative stuff and to put ourselves down. Help them to see that they have good things happening already in their lives. They are great at what they do and that you love them. Reminding them of the positives will help them help their brain reframe and refocus on the positives. Conversations about their day should include highlighting the positive outcomes they have had, no matter how small. Again, model your own gratitude list here. Seven, teach them to solve the problem. This again can be a team effort. Older children should be in charge of this exercise. You are only the advisor. So when your child tells you something is wrong, sit down with them and help them come up with a range of possible solutions. Start by allowing your child, age appropriate, to come up with some solutions first before you add your own and write them all down, even the silly ones. Show them how to work through all the solutions on paper, speaking about the pros and cons of each one before letting them make the decision. Which one will suit their needs best? Be prepared to back them and help them with their solution, but don't do it for them. Allow them to take the lead and deal with it themselves. They need to deal with the consequences of their decisions. Again, this will be age appropriate. Remember, during all your interactions with your child, they need to feel supported and loved. Six, check what your child is eating or not eating. Don't forget that what we eat and drink can mimic the effects of adrenaline and cause us to feel anxious. So watch your child's intake of caffeine or energy drinks in particular. We are very good at watching for obvious allergies, but some children can also have smaller intolerance to certain foods and drink. My own children couldn't consume anything with oranges in it. So that included the fruit, which most would naturally think of as healthy. But if they ate an orange, they became very hyperactive. It took a bit of investigating, but once I eliminated them, things calmed down. Something else to be aware of. How is their protein intake? Their blood sugar levels. Low blood sugar levels can drop easily in children, especially if they're skipping meals. A drop in blood sugar can feel and look like anxiety. They may say they feel dizzy, start to sweat, feel weak, and their heart rate goes up. So do a little investigating. Are they eating their meals and snacks intake during the day? If you need support, speak to your GP or medical doctor. 
Don't forget to explain these things to your children. Older children can monitor their own responses after eating while in school or at activities. You can then record them to see if there's a pattern that needs medical investigation. Seven, make sure they know you love them. Don't allow them to ever think you don't or that you will only love them if they meet some expectation. If you hold yourself hostage to perfectionism, then they will pick up on this too. Teach them by example that they are good enough to be loved just the way they are. In order to do that, though, you need to feel you too are good enough. Raise your own self-acceptance and drop the perfectionism, please. Eight, use distraction. We all need a little healthy distraction. So allowing them to pick some of their favourites that they can use as a means of distraction when they feel anxious. This allows them to take their mind off what is going on from paralysing thoughts and feelings. Some ideas can include kicking a ball around the garden, reading a book, watching a half hour of TV, playing a computer game for half an hour, riding their bike, playing with the family pet. You can also enlist their help with cooking and meal prep if they enjoy that, or just curl up with them for 20 minutes and watch or read something together. Remember, you don't have to use all of the ideas above. Pick one or two that you think will help your child. With an older child, I suggest you discuss it together. Perhaps read through the suggestions and come up with the ideas together they'd like to use. If one idea doesn't work, don't give up. Try another. For most, it isn't a quick fix, but with time, patience and practice, you will give them some healthy life skills they can use throughout their lives. There are also two other blogs you might like to read, Building Self-Confidence in Children and The Keys to Success for Teens. Please do check them out. Work with me. Remember, you are allowed to ask for support. No one is an island. If you need extra support, then you can also work with me. We all struggle with stress and overwhelm from time to time. If you find this has become a problem for you and you'd like some support, then schedule an appointment with me. There are links to many helpful blogs, podcasts and videos in the original post and I'll place a link to it in the description below. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. This podcast is also available in a blog format, which you can access at www.deborahbrownpsychologyservices.com. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to this podcast, follow me on social media at DB Psychology, or subscribe to our mailing list, which is full of freebies and keeps you up to date on the latest blogs and podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week.